The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is the Employment Law Show. Good to have you along. John Scholes here along with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner Samfiru Tamarkin LLP. I'm sure you visited that page or at least give them a call. You can the most positively reviewed employment law firm in this land. That's a lot of geography, but they're all over in Ontario and Alberta, B.C., practicing there as well. But uh, we focus squarely what we're doing today, and that would be uh, employment law, and lots of it coming up here. If you have questions about anything under the umbrella of employment law, good old-fashioned severance questions, you've been laid off, or, you know, you've been told something different going back to work after COVID-19, getting back to the office, can you work from home, do you have to get vaccinated, can they mandate it? There's a trillion questions coming by yours desk every day and i literally mean hundreds through emails and phone calls as well but you can ask right now it's the best time right send an email along anytime we'll get to some of those as we uh, continue on the show today help at employmentlawyer.ca and to reach out anytime to lior and his team uh, for more of a lengthy conversation here is how you do that one 855 little later in the show lior after you do your uh your opening bit, I want to talk about things where, you know, I, I did mention the phone calls and they come fast and furious to you during the week and, and all your colleagues as well. And they always start off with, hey, Lior, uh, thanks for taking my call. Can my employer dot, 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 can they do this? Can they do that? Because a lot of unanswered questions, as much as we do on this show every week for the last decade, there's always more, right? So we'll get to that particular topic and some emails a little later on. But uh, always, we open the floor with a couple things happening on your side, brother. What's uh, What's going on today? Hey, John. It's great always to be here on this uh, Saturday morning to talk employment law. It, it has, as you've said, uh, been a, a whirlwind busy week. Uh, let me give you some uh, some uh, idea of what I'm talking about. As of uh, yesterday, last night, Friday night, we had about 800 people that our intake team could not get to yet uh, that, that had contacted our office uh, waiting to speak to us, and we have not yet gotten to them. So if you're one of those 800, uh, fret not, we will get back to everyone. We're going to work through the weekend to make sure we get to, uh, to everyone. But that's just an indication of how many issues and questions people have these days about their job, about workplace rights, about the issue that they're facing with their boss. You know, I've been getting nonstop calls and emails about vaccines. Can my employer make me get a vaccine? What happens if I don't? Can I lose my job? So we'll talk about those things as well today. And of course, if you have a question about anything at all to do with your job or your workplace rights, call us right now. Let's talk about it. Let's answer those questions. I'm here for that purpose uh, only today to, to do so. We'll also give you throughout the show my contact information so that we can connect off air. But to start us off, John, uh, I mentioned that uh, I get a lot of questions about vaccines. One of the more common questions I've been getting this week has to do actually with uh, COVID tests. And uh, with employees saying, well, my employer tells me I don't necessarily have to get the vaccine, but if I don't, I have to get regular COVID tests once a week, a couple times a week, every other week, what have you. And do I have to do that? And, and mm-hmm. if I don't do that, what does that mean? So let's break this down, okay? Generally speaking, if you don't, if you do not uh, agree to do a COVID test and because of that you lose your job, you would be owed severance. You would be owed your full severance, except in two situations. Number one, if there's a government mandate in place. So, for example, if you look, if you work in long-term care, you have to agree to that, or you really can't keep your job because right. the government has mandated it. 
So, number one, if there's a government mandate. Second, it will be in situations where that COVID test is necessary in your workplace in order to keep it safe. And what I mean by that is this. If you're working in a workplace where uh, uh, masking hasn't really worked, social distancing hasn't worked, they keep having outbreaks, well, at that point, an employer can say, we got to do something else. And that something yeah. else is COVID test. But if you're working in a workplace that has not really had issues, that it's, it's been safe, it's been operating, an employer can't say, well, now we must, must, must have COVID tests. And right. if you don't, you're out of here. So for most people, bringing this back full circle, if you're being told uh, you know, or threatened that you must have these regular daily, weekly COVID tests or you lose your job, you, want, you have to understand that you will lose your job if you don't do that, but you will be owed your severance except in those two circumstances. So if you have lost your job, ultimately, we should always discuss that. But I want everyone to understand that you can't physically restrain or prevent your employer from letting you go. Legal or not, they're going to let you go. So you always have to keep in mind, am I ultimately willing to lose my job? Again, reaching out to Lior anytime, 1-855-821-5900. You go to employmentlawyer.ca to search our uh, long-running TV show as well, which is into its sixth season now, so we're loving that. You can uh, you can follow that anytime. And as mentioned here in a couple minutes, we'll get to, can my employer do this? That's on the way. Some emails a little later on. But what's the, uh, what's the second matter you got cooking, pal? I spoke with a, a gentleman who uh, was actually hired – uh, during the pandemic, he was hired roughly a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, and when he was hired, and uh, up until now, he'd always worked from home. Now, no one ever told him when he was hired or any other point that you're going to be expected to come into the office. He understood, right or wrong, that his job is a remote job, and he's been doing it successfully, no problems for the last year. Where very recently, his employer said to him, okay, well, from now on, we need you to be in the office every day or uh, I think it was maybe three times or four times a week. And he said, well, wait a second. I mean, I don't want to do that. I've been working from home. I'm set up at home. I don't want to have to commute and, and travel and spend that time. No, I don't want to do that. So his employer said to him, well, okay, if you're not starting uh, by Monday to do that, we'll uh, consider you to have resigned. Then, of course, he called me and he wanted to know, well, as, as we've said, can my employer do this? So here's the thing, John. Because of the fact that he was hired into a position to work from home. And because there was no term of employment in his employment agreement saying, we have the right to to bring you back into the office, then it's not a resignation. His employer is now terminating his employment because he's not agreeing to change the terms of his employment. That becomes a termination. So they're going to owe him severance. And even even though he's only worked there for a year, he's going to be owed about four months pay. Now, this would have been very different. If he had worked for the company before the pandemic and he was working from the office, then during the pandemic he started working from home, his employer would have been able to say, now we need you to go back to the way things were before the pandemic. But that's not his case. He wasn't there before the pandemic. He always worked from home. So his employer could have and should have made made it clear to him when they hired him that this is only temporary. We're going to have you work in the office at some point. They didn't do that. So now they can't make demands. They can't consider him to have resigned. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an important lesson there for our listeners that if your terms of employment have always been that you work from home, your employer doesn't have a right to change that. They can't. That's not 
that's not within their, their ability to do. On the other hand, if before the pandemic you were working in the office, during that pandemic for safety reasons, you started working from home, your employer in that situation is able to say to you, now we need you to be back here uh, in the office. So that distinction is important. And if you're not sure about your rights, if you're not sure what you have to do or what you can do, you know what to do. Call me. Again, more information anytime. We'll give you a, a free website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And to reach Lior and his crew outside of the uh, the hour of the show, one 821 5900. You know, I, I mentioned off the top, Lior, that the uh, the phone call, usually after the nice greeting and saying how much they love our TV show and radio show, uh, it always starts off with, Lior, uh, just wondering, can my employer do this? So you've kind of put together a decent list of, uh, I would say, you know, the top 10, top 15 things that you always get asked by a lot of people because there's, uh, you know, there's some consistency with that, isn't there? There really is. Uh, most questions that I get, I get phone calls, I get emails, I get uh uh, voicemails, they say, well, Lior, can my employer do this? And, and that's really the things that bothers people. As a, as a lawyer, a lot of what I, I do is answer those questions. So mm-hmm. I've taken some of the main questions that I'm getting, uh, common things that, that you may be wondering, things that you may have always uh, kind of struggled to understand, and we're going to try to go through them and a- answer and tell you, can your employer do various things? Now we've already uh, this first one we kind of we talk about we're going to continue talking about it because no matter how many times you reiterate someone's going to miss it but and maybe maybe drill down a little further whether it's government or government employee or federally right all that stuff comes into play or if it's a private corporation or you know you have your small mom and pop business you know, having people work for you can my employer fire me if I don't get a vaccine because there's still quite a bit of resistance out there right yes and, and you know. Th- the, the reason why I have that as a first question, because obviously this is very relevant right now, but the real question should not even be, can my employer fire me? The real question should be, what happens if they do? That's, that's the real question, because your employer can let you go. They're not, you can't stop that from happening, legal or not. Even if it's not legal, it's going to happen. So let's focus on what happens if your employer lets you go because you didn't get the vaccine. So if you're working in a situation where there's a government mandate, and by the way, in Ontario, there is no government mandate requiring employees to get a vaccine. In healthcare, you have to agree if not to a vaccine then to have regular COVID tests. But in Ontario, there is no, as we speak yet uh, at this point, government mandate. Mm -hmm. Meaning if you are let go because you did not get the vaccine, at a minimum, you're going to be owed your severance. Okay, at a minimum, and our regular listeners know that could be as much as 24 months pay. Potentially, there could be human rights damages as well. Uh, it's uh, arguably a, a mandatory vaccine policy could be considered discriminatory based on perceived disability, and because of that, there could be human rights damages as well. But I want right. to make it clear, John, that it's not about whether or not I say vaccines are good or not. If you're going to ask for my personal opinion, I think vaccines are very good and people should be vaccinated. But that's not the issue. The issue is can an employer impose it legally? And in most cases, they cannot. And you will be owed compensation if you lose your job. First break of the uh, show. We'll get to that and come back with uh, more of your questions, of course. And the emails will continue with our topic of Leor. Can my employer do this? 
That is on the way. You want to reach out through email as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And thanks for sticking around to the show. Anytime reaching out to Lior Samfiru, you can. Samfiru to mark an LLP. The uh, COPA founding partner of the firm, of course, is one 821 5900 They have helped and satisfied thousands of Canadians across this country with their employment law matters. Just use that number. Drop an email by help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get back to our topic of uh, Lior. Can my employer do this? But always... Top priority are the listeners and the callers. In that regard, Phil, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, Hi, Phil. Hi. Just, uh, uh, I guess it's a twofold question. It's mm-hmm. in regards to the new holiday that's coming up, uh, Truth and Reconciliation, September 30th, I believe it to be. Uh, must your employer uh, uh, pay you uh, uh, a holiday pay if you work on that holiday? Uh, if you're, you know, if you're a, a, a private or you're, you're an employee for a private, uh, uh, whatever business. And the other part to that is if you're a, uh, if you're a union member and, uh, you know, do, do you get paid uh, holiday pay in regards to that? So Phil, you only, you only get paid holiday pay for the new, uh, uh reconciliation holiday on, on September 30th, if you're federally regulated. So and that okay. means if you work for a bank, if you work for the railway, the, the airlines, then, then yes. If you work most businesses that are regulated provincially, unless your employer decides to treat it as a holiday, right. then no, you, you would not be owed anything. Okay. All right. Because it's only a federal holiday. It's not, it's not considered a, a, a Canada-wide or provincial holiday. I see. All right. Okay. Thank you. That- Thanks, Phil. Appreciate that. A lot of people, Lior, I don't know if this is correct, but a lot of people are saying, you know, if there's any, you know, if, you, if you're not sure how to look at it, look at it like Remembrance Day. That's kind of what people are saying. Is that true? That is that is exactly correct. Yeah. So yeah. it's not yeah. necessarily a holiday in, in every situation. It's a federally a federal holiday. So for some employees, yeah, that is a day off. It's a day you have to be paid even if you're not working. For gotcha. most employees at this point, it's not. Okay, we'll move on. Got uh, Rick standing by. Hello, Rick. How are you? Hey, not too bad. How are you? Good. What is, uh, what's on your mind? Go ahead. Okay, here's the situation. Um, I got laid off from my job uh, just before the CERB came out. Um, so I applied through unemployment, um, and it was like within a month that that transitioned to the CERB. Uh, and I took the CERB... Uh, until... I took the CERB, I guess, for the 20... No, uh, 26-week period, or the 13, sorry, the 13 or 14 payment period. Um, then things transitioned, um, if you recall, last year to unemployment because I had the hours. Um, well, now my unemployment is obviously running out. Uh, next, I think this is the last pay period or the next one will be the last one. Um, in the interim, last October, my employer gave me some part-time work to do. Okay, uh, and he was paying me so much a month. I mean, nowhere near what my regular salary was. Uh, and uh, whenever I um, 
uh, I, I did claim that on my unemployment every two weeks. But now the problem is uh, my job, uh, because of business, is no longer really available. And he can't afford to pay me what he used to pay me before. Uh, so I don't know how to approach him. I don't know what to say. I know as well that uh, one thing that partially has something to do with it is, you know, they're all vaccinated and, you know, they've all been wearing masks and I'm sorry, I'm just one of those that aren't. And, you know, my employer's a little paranoid about that. Hasn't really said that, but I know that's, <laughs> that's probably part of it. So I'm in a situation where I just need to know how to approach this guy. Uh, I've been working at the company 13 years. Um, and I just like, what, what would you suggest? Or, or what are my rights, more or less? Right. So, so uh, Rick, you have the ability, the right, to treat your employment as being terminated. That means that you can require your employer to pay you severance. And that, you know, you've been there for 13 years. That could easily be a year's pay. It could even be more than a year's pay. So there's really only two options that you have. Option number one is you stay at home until and unless – you, you hear back from your employer. You're right, you're not going to get any government benefits, and who knows if and when your employer is going to contact you. That's option number right. one. Option number two is you can say, no, I'm choosing to consider my employment as being terminated, and now severance has to be paid. If right. you choose that second option, you asked about approaching your employer, there's really not much that you're going to be able to do by way of approaching your employer and, and get what you're owed. We're going to have to get involved the good news is it's not a complicated process. It's not a long process. It's not even a, 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 a confrontational process. Yeah. So if right. you ultimately decide that you want to get your severance, then let me know. Connect with me off air. We'll help you do that right away. You can do that now. You can do that next week. Uh, you can do that up to two years from the date that you were laid off. Okay. See, and that was another thing I was kind of worried about. The time frame, because like I say, it went from him paying me nothing to then him paying me part time. Right. Uh, and then the months were going by and I didn't know if uh, that was going to sort of mess me up as far as a time frame is concerned. So I've got a little bit of time for this. And you're saying it's a, fair, a, 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 a fairly simple process. Correct. It is that. So uh, keep in mind of that two year period. If it's two years yeah, and the day, would... you're done. You, you also, just one last thing. It yes. would be in my interest, though, to at least confront him uh, in a pleasant way and say, look, I want to come back to work. I would like my job back full time and just get a formal response from him first. It, uh, it certainly doesn't hurt. I, I agree. It's, it can't make your situation worse to do that. I, it may or may not ultimately change anything. He may or may not even respond. But, yeah, I, I agree completely that if you were to say to your employer – uh, I want to come back to uh, to work, and he says, I have nothing for you, then that right. even, if anything, strengthens your case. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Okay. Listen, thanks for your time. Thank you for yours as well, uh, Rick. Reaching out, if you didn't catch it already, get a hold of Lior and his uh, his team. No problem. one 855 and help at ca. In Rick's case, I mean, if someone else is in that uh, that situation over time, Lior, and, you know, it was full-time and then, okay, no work, and then they dwindle down to part-time, and now it's completely evaporated, 
And they're going for severance because it's a constructive dismissal at that point. Is it based on the last pay they had? In other words, is it based on that that reduced part-time hours, or is it back to their robust full-time job, what they had from the outset? Yeah, because that, that part-time work that he, he did was so time-limited, temporary, it, right. it absolutely should be based on his full wages. Awesome. Now, if, if he started working part-time for a while and that became his new reality, then sure. But it was a kind of a little bit of work kind of just to help out. No, that's not going to change the terms of his employment. So his severance is 12 months plus of severance that he's owed is going to be based on his full compensation as it was before the layoff. And back to the topic at hand, Lior, can my employer do this? The next one, a good question. Again, you get this phone call all the time, and we talk about it here all the time because people just need to they just need to get it drilled into their head, and that is can my employer insist that I undergo COVID tests if I'm not vaccinated and have chosen not to be vaccinated? So, yeah, we touched on that in the week there was. Yep. So bottom line is that for most people, uh, the real question should be what happens if, if you don't uh, – get the COVID test. Well, if you don't get the COVID test, for most people, if your employer chooses to terminate your employment, you will be owed severance. And again, severance, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's important to remember, can be as much as uh, 24 months pay. Now, if there's a government mandate, you work in healthcare and you refuse to get the COVID test, well, the problem with that is the government said you have to and your employer can't have you there otherwise. In that situation, you can be let go without severance. Uh, if if there's no government mandate and your workplace generally was managing fine even without COVID tests, then yes, the employer is going to have to pay you severance in that situation, but you will lose your job. So that's something I always want you to keep in mind. You can't stop or prevent your employer from letting you go. So you have to make that determination as to what's best for you. Yes, but for most people, severance would be paid in that situation. And this, uh, this question has been around for... I want to say a year, year and a half, but it's still lingering like a bad smell. Can my employer keep me on layoff or leave indefinitely? That last word being the key one, right? Well, yeah, and, and we just talked to Rick uh, two minutes ago that was in that situation. He's been on, on a layoff even uh, before COVID, and he's still on, on a layoff. So let's be very clear. Whether you've been put on a layoff a year and a half ago or last week, you have the right to choose to treat that layoff as a termination of your employment. That means, can your employer keep you on a layoff? Well, they can keep you on a layoff as long as you accept it, as long as you choose to stay on the layoff. You can also make a different choice if you want, which is to treat that uh, that layoff as a termination of your employment. Say, enough is enough. I'm not coming back. This relationship is over, and now I have to get paid my severance. The problem, of course, is if you don't do that. Well, you know, I kind of like my job. I don't want to do that. Fair enough. The problem is you can be kept on layoffs for many more months to come. And if, for those people that have already been off for a year and a half and thinking that they could be off again into well into next year, that just may not be a very attractive proposition. If you've had enough, if you want to get your severance, you don't want to keep staying on this layoff, you want to get back to work, you want to get compensation. You know what to do. You reach out to me. As I said to Rick before, it's not a complicated process to make it happen. It's just like making that phone call off the off the start to get conversation started. Do yourself from, uh, a favor and get educated uh, through Lior and his uh, his team as well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, uh, lots of employment matters can be solved even without a phone call. 
It's free. It's anonymous for you, too. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. Next one, before we uh, get to a break here in a couple minutes, we'll cover this one. Can my employer, Lior, change my job or hours of work because of COVID? A lot of employers have been relying on that sucker for the last year and a half. Absolutely. And I think a lot of employees get that an employer does not have a right to make significant changes to terms of employment. But same people may think, okay, well, this is a unique situation. It's a pandemic. So maybe now the employer can do that. Well, the answer is no. Even now, during the COVID-19 pandemic, an employer still does not have the unilateral right to make significant changes to terms of employment. I'm talking about reducing your pay. I'm talking about demoting you, changing your hours or your shifts, or moving you to a, a different city. All those things result in what we call a constructive dismissal. Despite what you may have heard, constructive dismissal is alive and well now during the pandemic. So if you're facing a significant change in terms of employment, you, of course, always, always have the right to accept it. Obviously you do. But you also have the right to say, no, that's a constructive dismissal. That change in hours that you just imposed is not something I'm accepting. I'm treating that as a termination of employment and you have to pay me my severance. So that happens. Keep in mind, if you accept the change, you may give the company the right to do it again. Bad news. So if you want to have a discussion about constructive dismissal, if you want to understand whether the change imposed by your employer is in fact a constructive dismissal, let's have that chat. You bet. And we can have that chat after a short break, or you can call the order anytime, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. More of, hey, Lior, can my employer do this? That and some emails coming up a little later on in the show as well. And we'll continue Employment Law Show, Global News. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Sam Firu to Mark and LLP. That is the law firm you want to search for, want to find it. Just go to employmentlawyer.ca. That is the conduit right to all the contact and education you need from the website, employmentlawyer.ca. Put help at in front of that. And uh, you'll get an email. And while you're there, you can check out covidrights.ca as well. I know a million questions a day about that particular topic and will be for the next little while, I guess. So feel free to ask those questions and uh, drop uh, Lior an email to his team or call 1-855-821-5900, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. That is worth bragging about for sure, especially in these uh, in these times. Talking about things you get asked on a daily basis. Actually, now it's like hourly with uh, with what's going on in the uh, the employment realm, Lior, and that is, can my employer do this? Can my employer do that? And another thing that has been happening lately with uh, people on and off work, going back to work, maybe a little rusty, maybe uh, you know, being a little bit derelict on their duties, possibly, and that is, can my employer put me on a performance improvement plan? We've talked about those before as well. Sure, absolutely. And and I, God knows I've gotten a lot of calls <laughs> recently and, and over the years from people saying, well, I've been put on this performance improvement plan, can they do that? So the, the answer is they can do that as long as it's legitimate. And what I mean by that, legitimate in that the, the allegations that brought about the performance improvement plan are true, are, are correct, they're not made up, and that the performance improvement plan is really there to help you get better as opposed to just be a, a reason to find a way to cut ties with you. So if the performance improvement plan is legitimate, there's something you are not doing right, your performance is not good, they're trying to help you 
improve and put in place uh, measures to make that happen, sure, it's fine. In fact, it's a good thing for an employer to do. On the other hand, if uh, what they're doing is not that, if the allegations are you are incorrect, they're picking on you for no reason, then that performance improvement plan is not legitimate. And what you don't want to do is be silent about it. You can't just accept it because you feel uncomfortable. By doing that, you're going to potentially allow the company at some point to let you go without compensation. So what happens if you're put on a performance improvement plan that you don't agree with, that you don't think is legitimate? You say so, and you say so in writing. Mm -hmm. An email to the boss, to HR, whoever the right person is in your organization, and very calmly and very professionally explain why you don't agree with it. Here's what you said that I've done, or here's what the performance improvement plan says, but here's what's not accurate about it. You don't need your employer to agree with that. You don't even need your employer to say, yes, you were right, we were wrong. But just by putting your position in writing, just by doing that one thing, you're going to make it that much more difficult for the company to let you go without compensation, without severance, or even to let you go, period. So that's the key here. If it's not legitimate, if they're picking on you, I want there to be a record that you've brought that up, that you have not accepted it. That's what you do if your performance improvement plan is one you don't agree with. And reach out to any time, by the way, when the show's uh, not on, one 821 5900 Write that down and keep it. It's always good just to uh, to have a conversation, which we are about to have with Eddie. Hi, Eddie. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing, guy? It's a, it's a beauty. What's what's going on with you today? So I have a question. My friend works uh, at the retail store, and recently she had some uh, medical uh, issue, including the minor depression. So uh, she got a note from the family doctor and said that she, she has to be off work for at least two weeks due to the medical issue. But the employer have asked her that, that the doctor note is not enough and they want a detailed reason why she can't work. Uh, I know it's confidential, but she provided a reason to the, uh, to the owner of the store. And the, the comment from the owner of the store is, you know, I have depression every day, but I come to work anyway, so you have to come to work. And she asked to be contact. She asked for the contact for the HR department, and she was refused. So, so what's her right over here right now? My God, where where where, where does she work? Because uh, I'm I'm not gonna even say what I'm thinking here. But uh, <laughs> yeah. here's the thing. I mean, everything you've described that this employer did is number one. They're not allowed to ask what is the medical. It doesn't matter legally if she has a, a sprained ankle or she has depression. It doesn't matter. What matters is the doctor saying she cannot work. And then to say, well, okay, we've asked for the medical information. You gave it to us even though you, you shouldn't have done that. Now we're going to disagree with it. That's even more illegal. So what you've described there is a human rights violation. It could be considered a constructive dismissal. It's illegal. So if she wants out of there with compensation, I can help her. If she simply wants her employer to get off her back and let her take time off, I can make that happen as well. What you need to do, Eddie, is you need to have your friend call me or email me as soon as possible because everything this employer did is completely illegal. Okay, perfect. I've already passed all your information to her. I think she's going to contact you soon. Wonderful. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Eddie. If you ever need a job, gosh, you're all over it. Love this guy. Super quick. one uh, 821 5900 by the way is the, uh, the way to reach out to Lior with any other questions. Don't hesitate to call. He's got a fantastic team there and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lior, can my employer punish me if my health is interfering with my job performance? Again, a very timely question, right? 
Absolutely. So th this is extremely important. You can only be punished, punished, I say, disciplined, whatever the word is. Right, right. If, if your conduct is one that you can do something about. In other words, you, you are not paying attention, you're not working hard enough, you're slacking off, you're not coming in on time. Things that are within your control that are not appropriate, you can be disciplined for. Warning, suspension in extreme situations, maybe even a termination. But if you have a medical condition, and that medical condition is interfering with your ability to do your job to the best of your ability, then you can't help it. You, it's not your fault that you have a medical condition. It's, it's not something that you, you sat at home hoping that you'll get. So because of that, it's completely inappropriate to punish someone, discipline someone, because they have a medical condition. That, again, as I was saying before to Eddie, that could be a human rights violation. It's illegal. So what you do in this situation is make sure you have that doctor's note, that all-powerful doctor's note that makes it clear that there's a, a medical issue and either you need time off or just so you know, employer, that medical issue may mean that this person needs some accommodation. Maybe they won't always be able to come in at 9 o'clock in the morning. Make sure that your employer knows that it's not because you're being lazy. It's because there's a medical issue. Your employer may not know that just offhand. So get that doctor's note. If your your doctor still ignores it, like with Eddie's friend that we heard about a couple of minutes ago, mm -hmm. you need to call me right away. Most employers know what they need to do with the doctor's note, which is to abide by what the doctor says. We'll get back to your calls. Got to take a short break. Uh, Matt, stand by. We're getting to you, so have your question ready for sure. And uh, any other time you want to reach out to Lior, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website, super handy, free, anonymous, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll continue. Employment Law Show, this is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Anytime you want to reach the co-founding partner of Samfiru to Mark and LLP, Lior Samfiru, reach out, email help at employmentlawyer.ca and the number I keep giving you, 1-855-821-5900. Uh, again, you can go to employmentlawyer.ca, not only learn about employment law, uh, follow links to our long-running TV show, but you can get the advice you need, compensation you deserve, deserve being the key word there, right? From the firm that has uh, successfully helped tens of thousands of Canadians and continue to do so across this country at these uh, turbulent times, to use uh, an overused phrase, but it's uh, it's absolutely true. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for hanging on. How are you? How are you today? Still fogging up a mirror, brother. It's good times. What's uh, what's you. on your mind? <laughs> My wife's been a nurse 38 years. Wow. At a long-term care, 57 years old. And because she won't take the, uh, the vaccine for her health issues, uh, they're suspending her without pay next week and on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, I guess. My gosh. Uh, yeah. yeah, no kidding. I, well, there's also 74 other nurses in this uh, yes. retirement area. So what are they going to do with all these nurses gone? I, I know, and I was actually talking to a friend of mine uh, just yesterday about that. You know, like, wh wh how are they going to survive all these, you know, healthcare facilities? But I, I take it, Matt, that your uh, your wife is part of the union, right? Yes, and the union has sent her a letter saying they would not represent her at all. Yeah, and, and therein is, lies the problem. The problem is when yep. you're part of a union, the only one allowed to help you is your union. So. Logic would say, well, okay, if the union says they're not going to represent me, no problem. I'll find someone else who can. Unfortunately, 
That's not possible. It must be the union and no one else has the right or the ability. Now, the only thing that your wife can do in that situation and, and her colleagues that are, they may be in the same boat is they can file a complaint against the union with the Ontario Labor, uh, Labor Board uh, to try okay. to get the Labor Board to order the union to, to represent them. But that's the only thing that can be done. It'd be very, very different in a situation when she's not unionized. But her options, unfortunately, and I hate saying this, I don't like saying this, but her options are very, very limited because of that. Yeah. So once she's fired and no longer a member of the union, can she hire a lawyer? No, she cannot. She can never hire a lawyer to represent her with this employer because her, her employment is governed by the, the union, by the collective agreement. So the right. only thing she could do now and, and forever, really, in, in while she's uh, uh, dealing with this particular job is to file a complaint against the union with the labor board. Sometimes, sometimes just threatening that the union to do that may get the union, uh, you know, to pay attention and do something. But that's the only option she has, Matt. I wish there was something else. Yes, it's sad because last year they're heroes and this year they're sacrificial lambs. I, huh. I, I hear you. And this, this is not legal advice. This is just some logic talking here is that you would think, you would think that uh, a, a hospital, a long-term care facility, whatever it is, can't afford it, would not want to lose all these nurses. I mean, how ever are they going to operate? So maybe well, once it. they, re maybe it's cooler heads will prevail and they'll find a way to work with your wife and her colleagues. But from a legal standpoint, if uh, the, the employer goes ahead with that threat, the only one that could do something for her is the union. And, you know, the scary thing is she gets swabbed every day, which is actually against the human rights violation. And so she is no threat to any of these residents or anything. It, it's just sad. It really is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, they're saying there's 4,700 yeah. employees leaving long-term care, uh, PSWs, long uh, nurses, doc yeah. um, kitchen staff. So who's going to take care of these poor residents? That's what. Yeah, yeah that's always uh, that's that's again the underlying issue, right? Yours. I mean, they're you know they're 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 leaving the boat. You know, they're getting off the sinking boat, and they and they, and that's the problem. You know, they're this vaccine issue. I mean, a great deal, I think, as you know, have complied through uh, through rule or otherwise, but it's not exactly uh, they're not knocking down the door to get into these positions, especially since COVID. It's risky. They're burnt out. They're stressed. This is just another uh, another thing in their shoulders that they really don't need. But as you said, union rules. You can't go outside. As much as I know, you would love to help these people, and you could you can you could open up a complete second law firm dealing with union matters, but you Easily. can't, right? Yeah, I, I you cannot. Can't. And, and and people uh, often ask me, Lior, do you represent unionized employees? That's not the question. The question is, are you allowed to yeah. represent unionized employees? And the answer yep. is no. Myself and no lawyer is allowed. No 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 person is allowed. It has to be. The union. Now, what's interesting about this latest call is that the government of Ontario has weighed in on long-term care homes, and the government of Ontario said, yes, we, we need special rules there because you're dealing with vulnerable people, but the special rules are that you either get a vaccine or you agree to regular COVID tests, which to me, frankly, in my little simple mind, kind of makes sense. But a lot of employers, such as the one that we were just heard about now, say, well, no, no, that's not good enough for us. We insist that it's vaccine or nothing. Well, again, that is problematic, but for the employees, like the one we just heard about, the only one that can do something about that, if you're part of a union, is the union. Last couple minutes to go uh, on the show. We'll get to a couple emails. Sean writes in says, hey, Lior, I was let go for cause because my employer said I missed too many days of work for medical reasons. Can they do that? No, and, and this ties in nicely to what we were talking about before yep. the break. 
-hmm. How can you be punished or, or, or be put conditions on because you have a medical issue? It's not like you decided you don't want to work. If you have a legitimate medical issue that's backed up by a doctor, you can't be punished because of it. Your employer can't say, well, you've taken too many days off, that's it, you're, you're, you're gone. No, I, I've seen that happens. Large auto manufacturer that I'm not going to name right now, this is known for doing that. If you take too many sick days, even though you're sick, they're going to punish you, they're going to warn you. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. If you are sick, you can be off as long as you need to be off, so long as you have a doctor's note. Maybe it's a day, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year. As long as it's legitimate, your employer cannot punish you. That's absolutely silly. If that happens, give me a call. We'll get to George. Finally, says, hey, Leora, I've been on a disability leave for 20 months. How about that? And my employer has told me that if I don't come back to work after 24 months, I quit. Is that correct? No. There, you know, Again, ties in nicely to what we were talking about before. There is no automatic thing that if you're off for two years, that's it. You're gone. The relationship has ended. The real question is, is there a possibility that you're still going to be able to come back to work? Okay. So even if you've been off for a year or two or even longer, if you're still working on getting better and your doctor says, hey, there's some hope that you'll be able to come back to work, your employer can't end the relationship with you. And by the way, even if it's clear you're not going to be able to come back to work, your employer in that situation will still have to pay you severance if they end the relationship. It's not a resignation. You will not be owed your full severance, but you still will be owed some severance. So no, that's silly and wrong, and you have to give me a call. And we'll uh, we'll wrap it there for the day. Appreciate the uh, the phone calls, of course. And you want to ring through now, have more of a uh, private, lengthier conversation with Lior. It's really simple to do, and you can write it down, keep it, or go to the website and find the number two one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That email address we use every show is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website, free anonymous employment questions and answers can be found there. Tons of information, even before the phone call to Leor and his crew, you can go there and on there as well. The severance pay calculator. We love that. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show on Global news radio the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto